Hey guys, welcome to episode 190 of SwiftCast. This is Adam. Ashley. And Steph. And we have a great episode coming up for you guys today. We're going to be talking all about Ed Sheeran's new album, Divide. Gosh, I can't believe it's here. We've been waiting so long. Yeah, I've been really excited to talk about this. And it's nice to see that so many of Taylor's friends have new projects coming out lately. I know all three of us are fans of Ed, and I'm sure a lot of Taylor fans are fans of Ed because of the Red Tour when he was the opening act. Obviously, Taylor introduced a lot of people to Ed, and he's obviously become very, very successful. And with this new album, uh, we look forward to talking all about the new songs. I really sometimes wonder how his career would have gone had he not been on the Red Tour. I've wondered that too, because I think at that point, which would have been 2013, right? Right. She first started hanging out with him in probably 2012. I remember them recording this video of Lego House sitting on the floor probably early-ish 2012. Okay. And I know, or at least I think, that in 2012-2013, Ed was pretty well known in the UK, but I don't think he was very well known in the United States. And of course, the Red Tour just helped boost his profile in the United States so much. Yes, I didn't know who Ed was until Taylor filmed that video I was just talking about when they were singing Lego House. And then, I don't know, I I didn't even start listening to his music until he was announced as being an opener for the Red Tour. But that got me hooked. And seeing him perform live is what makes me continue to be a fan. Well, to kick off this week's episode, we wanted to remind you that last week on episode 189, we talked all about Taylor's album six and what our predictions are. We talked about some listener predictions as well, and we ran out of time and didn't get a chance to read some of your submissions. So we wanted to do that now. Our first one comes from Vinny on Twitter, and he said about album six that he feels like Taylor is shifting to a dark pop vibe, kind of like I Knew You Were Trouble from the 1989 World Tour, I Know Places, or I Don't Want to Live Forever, but that should also still have a few ballads. I think that makes sense. We talked a lot about that last week, having a darker, moodier vibe. And I love the idea of ballads, too. And knowing that she wrote Better Man, you have to think that she has written or is in the process of writing some ballad-type songs for her own album. Right, I think so. And really, every album has at least a few ballads, or what could be considered to be ballads, I think. And Katie Amanda 424 on Twitter says that she wants the album to sound like Better Man with a lot of co-writes with Liz Rose and a lot of steel guitar, but she doubts that will happen. And I would also love that. I don't know if it'll happen, but I do think at some point, if not with this album, Taylor will go back to that style. I would even just love to see one Liz Rose co-write because some of those songs are my favorites. They just work so well together. Our next one is from at Speak Now Deluxe, who would like to see a Speak Now and Red mixed album, but popish. Which last week we talked a lot about 
people wanting to hear more of a red feel to album six. Our next one is from McKenna. And they said that I feel it will still be popish, but not as much as 1989 was. She could see it having a darker, more mature tone to it also. And Callie Shore fan on Twitter said that she also hopes the album was full of songs like Better Man, because Better Man is amazing, which I definitely agree. And our final one is from at Unique Bubble 7, who is hoping that album six is coming soon and is better than ever. And I think we all can agree that we hope it's coming soon. Yeah, we don't know when it's coming, but I have to agree that it will be better than ever. Taylor always tops herself, so topping 1989 will be a tall task, but I think she can do it. Agreed. She pulls it off every time. I always wonder how, but she just knows what she's doing. Well, like we did last week, we want to go and take a look at some of Taylor's old Tumblr posts from the past few years. And our first one comes from March 2nd, 2015, and it was a picture of Taylor and Jamie King, and Taylor was looking at Jamie King's stomach because she was pregnant, and the post said, guess who just got named godmother of this little one? Me. Such a cute photo, too. Yeah, I can't believe how much Leo has already grown up. Jamie King recently posted a photo of him, and... It's just crazy how quickly time flies. And on March 5th, 2015, Taylor posted a very interesting photo of herself with her dad holding flamingos and said, Happy birthday, Dad. Thanks for all the unconditional love, sarcastic comments, and interesting Christmas presents. And today, as we're recording this, March 5th is Scott's birthday. It is. So happy birthday to Scott. And yeah, this photo is just hilarious. I love Taylor's expression. She's like, really? What is this gift? Our next one is from the same day on March 5th of 2015. And Taylor wrote, I woke up like this with four S's at the end of this. And then in parentheses, she wrote with a cat on me. And it's this really cute photo of Taylor laying there and Olivia is just completely dead asleep on top of her looking adorable. Our next post comes from March 8th, 2016, so one year ago. Taylor wrote, We are at our best when we cheer each other on and build each other up. Happy International Women's Day. And it was a picture of herself and Ellie Golding, Selena Gomez, and two of the Heim sisters. And apparently there were a lot of birthdays for people in Taylor's life in March. On March 3rd, 2016, last year, she posted... Happy birthday, you precious little angel, Camila Caballo. And it was a very cute photo from Camila's birthday party at Taylor's house. And yet another birthday on March 11th, 2016. Taylor wrote in all caps, Happy birthday, Austin. Thanks for 24 years of LLLs. And it was a photo of Taylor and Austin when they were young, looking adorable, laughing. So that means this Saturday, Austin will turn 25. Well, as we mentioned, Taylor's friends have been very busy, and we've done this segment a couple times lately, so we wanted to look at what they are doing in our segment called Squad Tweets. So as we mentioned, Friday, March 3rd, Divide was released, and Ed tweeted, It's out! Bloody hell, that feels good to say. And then he promoted a couple shows he was doing, and then later tweeted, Quitting music, found a new job, 
and if you guys didn't see the video that goes along with this, it's a hilarious video of Ed working at a record store, and he's wearing his <laughs> Divide merch as if he's a fan in the store, and he's just casually at the register ringing up and bagging the CDs for people. It was pretty funny. Yeah, that was hilarious. I would have loved to have been at that store, but he was actually in London. So he's been really just flying all over the place because he then came back to the United States after the. And speaking of new music, Lord also had new music this week. And on March 2nd, she tweeted, Finally, here it is. The first single from my sophomore album, Melodrama. This is Greenlight. And it is an awesome song. I absolutely love it. I love it too, and we've been waiting so long for her. She's been on even a longer break than Ed, and I think everyone was really interested to see what sort of sounds she would come out with for this album, since her first album, Pure Heroine, had a very distinctive sort of dark sound to it, and I really think she found a great new sound for this album. I think so too. I love the song. And even though it is a new sound, I still think it sounds like Lord. I think it absolutely has her voice in it. Right. It's not like she's unrecognizable, which is important, but it's just her evolving. And we found out as she did her first couple of interviews about the song that she actually created and produced the entire album alongside Jack Antonoff. And Jack had some interesting tweets that he posted. He did. He had some really nice things to say about Lord. And if you didn't know, Lord's birth name is Ella. Lord is her stage name. So when Jack is referring to Ella, he is referring to Lord here. And he tweeted that he met Ella years ago at a Grimes show and that they talked about Robin and drum ideas. And he feels very proud of her. He said, Ella and I made green light in New York City in my apartment in a very small studio that looks like a clubhouse. He said there was nobody around, just her and I wondering if they could get away with that chord change when the I hear sounds bit begins. And he says he remembers going to the kitchen, and when he came back, Ella had the I'll come get my things, but I can't let go line, and he was just in heaven. It's so interesting how many great things begin in Jack's small New York City apartment, because Taylor recorded some songs there for 1989. I really don't know how he finds the time to create as many amazing things as he does. It seems like he's always producing something new. It does. And all of this information was interesting to me because we noticed that Lord was in New York a lot and she was at Taylor's new apartment a lot and we saw Taylor with Lord and Jack often they were all together at Coachella last year and I think Jack mentioned that he's been working with Lord for at least two years on this new album and I think it's great that she took the time to put all of that time into making the album I think that that's a luxury that a lot of artists don't have when they're earlier on in their career but I think she was fortunate to be so successful with her first album and she probably took a lesson from Taylor and Ed, who really like to make sure they get their albums perfect. So I'm really glad they worked on it for that long. And we don't have any news yet about when 
melodrama will be released, but we'll keep you posted and we very much look forward to that entire album. Now we're going to move into our news segment, and despite Taylor still being MIA and not having been seen for a long time, there is still some news that we can tell you guys about. And the first item is that I Don't Want to Live Forever has surpassed 1 million digital downloads in the U.S. Wow. And that's just in the U.S. So that's a lot. That's great. Does anybody know if I Don't Want to Live Forever is streamed on Spotify? It is. Okay. So when you think about that, that people can stream it for free and yet it still has so many digital downloads. I think I read somewhere that even though Taylor has really very few songs on Spotify, she's, I think, something like the third most streamed artist on there. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy because all the full albums aren't even there. Well, I was actually wondering if the total number of digital downloads that they're referencing includes anything from Spotify because you can download songs on Spotify. Oh, that's a good point. I just thought it meant iTunes. iTunes singles, yeah. I'm not sure either, though. Good question. Yeah, I think this stat was on chart news, which doesn't specify where those numbers come from. But either way, it's a lot of downloads and it's great news. Yeah, and if anybody knows the answer to that, let us know. Well, speaking of other good news, Ed recently did an interview where he said that Taylor will probably release album six at the end of this year and here's the exact quote so you all can hear it right from his mouth he was asked what's been the high point of the past five years and in response he said i think this year is going to be the high point i have a feeling about it 17 is my lucky number and everyone i was scared of releasing albums around me released them all last year People like Beyonce and The Weeknd and Bruno Mars. Taylor isn't going to be releasing until probably the end of the year. Christmas is the smartest time to release because that's when everyone buys records. So I've got a full year of just all Ed all the time. So again, this isn't set in stone. He's speculating that she'll probably release at the end of the year. And he mentions Christmas being a smart time. But last week, we did talk about the fall maybe being a potential release date if Taylor follows her tradition of having a fall release date, which would be right around Christmas. But who knows? She could surprise us all. I think the key thing here is Ed thinks Taylor will be releasing new music at some point this year, which is great. Agreed. And who knows? Maybe Taylor has not even told ed and this is just his speculation and maybe she has her own plans that only she knows about so you really do never know when you hear quotes like this so we just gotta keep going and see what happens and ed said something else about taylor actually at the iheart radio music awards on sunday night he was talking to e-news and he said that a collaboration with taylor will definitely happen. More specifically, the article from E! News states that the Shape of You singer dished that a collaboration with T-Swift is definitely going to happen, though he played coy on any distinct timeline or release date for fans to look forward to. 
And then there's a quote, certainly in our lifetime, Sheeran added. So that's a very mysterious quote. That's a long time frame there. I know last week we talked about maybe there would be a surprise Taylor duet on Ed's album, but now this week we know that's not true. So I guess maybe we can just hope there will be one on Taylor's album. Or if they just want to release all the songs they've done in the past, that would be fine too. It would be, yes. (laughs) True. I think last week we also talked a little bit about what Taylor would do on a deluxe album. Well, maybe she could just have all the Ed and Taylor songs on the deluxe album. Everything they've done that people have never heard before. That would be pretty neat. Well, our next piece of news is hilarious, and we wanted to include it because it's always fun when Taylor goes on social media and makes funny posts. So after Greenlight was released, Lord's new song, Taylor posted on Instagram, and of course she took a screenshot of Greenlight playing on her phone at the 13 second mark, which she does very often. And what she wrote was just hilarious. She wrote, got to go, be right back just made up an interpretive dance to this magnificent bop for the ages. And then somebody on Tumblr wrote a post that said, Taylor Swift just used got to go, be right back, and bop in the same caption. Someone tell her sometimes less is more. And Taylor saw this post on Tumblr and she replied. And her reply said, LOL, baby, you must be joking. Got to go, be right back, gonna learn more teen words, cause bae, for facts, that particular bop has me shook as well as lit. <laughs> and that was an absurd thing to read, but it's it's hilarious. And her hashtag was, hashtag more is more is the new less is more. So I'm sure you guys all agree, but it's hilarious when Taylor posts things like this. I, I wish she would do it more. Yeah, me too. It's been nice to see her on Tumblr more this week. She was also liking some Ed posts. But one thing that I wanted to mention, this whole Taylor screenshotting at the 13 second mark, for some reason news outlets have caught on to this and they're trying to make it out like Taylor's been having these secret messages hidden in her Instagram posts. (laughs) The headline is about these secret things in Taylor's posts. And it's all about how she screenshots songs at the 13 second mark, like she did for Shape of You and the Born song and a Kings of Leon song. And they just compile all of this and put it in an article that people will read because they think that Taylor's hiding some secret message in her Instagram posts. It's just funny because it's something she's done for years and years and For me, I like that she continues to do it. I think she does it to give her friends good luck. I think so, too. She has said that has always been her lucky number, so she wants to reflect that on her friends as well. And interestingly, we said last week that Taylor was in London. Well, this week she was spotted in Nashville. Somebody posted on Twitter this little video of somebody in a car dancing around and The person said, oh, I'm just driving through Nashville and I see Taylor Swift behind me jamming out to a song. And when I saw the video, I immediately thought she probably was listening to Greenlight. What did you guys think? Absolutely. I just imagined she would be posting it later, but she hasn't yet. 
I really hope that since she's on Tumblr more that she'll respond to somebody if they ask about that. The person who spotted Taylor said that the radio station he was listening to was playing Better Man at that moment, but the way Taylor was jamming out, he didn't think she was listening to Better Man. So I would bet either Greenlight or something on Ed's new album. Our next piece of news is that Elvis Duran, who is the host from Z100, recently received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and Taylor sent him flowers, which was very nice of her. Yeah, I think Taylor's been on a flower-sending spree lately. She also sent flowers to a model in Brazil who Taylor just read that the model, her name's Aria, listens to Taylor's music, and so Taylor decided to send her flowers to thank her for listening to her music. And when the Grammys commercial aired with Taylor's legendary speech accepting album of the year in 2016 aired, Taylor sent flowers to all of the child actresses and dancers featured in that commercial. I think it would be pretty cool to receive flowers from Taylor. Our last piece of news for the week is that the Taylor Swift Experience exhibit opened up in the Grammy Museum in Mississippi. And back on episode 188, we talked with our friend Kayla about the Taylor Swift experience in the Los Angeles and New York City Grammy Museums, and the exhibit has now moved to Mississippi. So anybody who is in the Mississippi area or who wants to travel there, you can see the exhibit from now through August 13th. That's all for the news this week, and we will be right back with our main discussion. So for our main discussion today, we are going to be talking about Ed Sheeran's new album, Divide. And we're going to talk about what some of our favorite songs are. And we would love to hear from you guys who are fans. What are some of your favorite songs, too? Tweet at us, and next week on our episode, we can read some of your submissions. First, we wanted to mention a couple of reviews about the album it has gotten fantastic reviews across the board. The first review we wanted to mention is from Mark Kennedy from the Associated Press. He wrote a really nice article about the album. A couple of the highlights of his article were that Ed shoots out a dozen vastly different songs that showcase his tremendous musical ability from misty ballads to hip hop and that each one is calculated to find a happy fan somewhere. And I completely agree with that line because, and this is similar to his other albums too, the songs are so different. You'll go from a really, really fast-paced hip-hop song, basically, to a slow ballad. And while that may not seem to flow very well, it definitely shows his versatility and how fans can like all different types of songs that he puts out. Well, and really, I feel like his other albums were like that, too. If you compare Thinking Out Loud to Take It Back or even Don't on Multiply, they're very different styles of music, but he just does everything so well. Yeah, and I just kept thinking about, as we all know, how Taylor's talked so much about the importance of albums being sonically cohesive, and obviously he decided not to do that. Although, do you think... Any of his albums have really been sonically cohesive. 
No, they really haven't. But really, I think that's what I like about them. Yeah, I agree. I think if I had to pick one that was the most sonically cohesive, I would go with Plus. But I think they all just show that he has so many different styles and he can write in so many different ways and incorporate so many different styles of music, especially with this album. You really see that. And the review states that the album has already produced big hits, including the foot-stomping U2-like rocker Castle on the Hill that's destined for arena sing-alongs and the slinky spare Shape of You bound for every dance floor. And I definitely agree with that. Those two songs are going to be awesome on his tour. I can't wait. Yeah, I think they'll both be centerpieces of the tour. And the author made a funny pun to end his review, but I liked it, and it's very, very true. He makes a mathematical pun because of all of the names of Ed's albums, but he says, The CD continues his embrace of mathematical titles. Previous albums include 2014's Multiply and 2011's Plus. This new one is certain to add listeners, subtract a few wary of his inconsistency, but definitely multiply his bank account. However you divide it, Sheeran is a special talent. (laughs) Very witty. It is. And Ed is definitely a special talent. He is just so talented. I mean, you watch him on these award shows with his loop pedal and how he can mix all these sounds together and doesn't even need a band. He's just fantastic. One of the things that I've wondered when listening to all of Divide was, do you think Ed would ever play the piano during his tour? Oh, that's a good question. That would be exciting to see. I think I would like that. I would definitely rather see him playing it than just adding band members. Me too. Yeah, I definitely think that Ed will bring out the piano on this tour. One song that absolutely comes to mind is Supermarket Flowers. It's a very slow ballad that is basically only piano. And I think it would be awesome to see him on tour play that. Just him and the piano, kind of like Taylor did on All Too Well. Yeah, that would be something different that he could do. I would like to hear that. It's kind of hard to imagine him even having any set changes, even bringing more things onto the stage, because usually there's absolutely none of that. Right. Usually it's just Ed, his guitar, and his loop pedal, which I love. I think it's just amazing that he can so independently handle the whole show he doesn't need any help at all and he doesn't really get into the spectacle of a show he doesn't make it have a bunch of bells and whistles which in some cases i do like but with ed i really just enjoy seeing him the telegraph also gave the album a great review neil mccormick gave the album a four-star rating and said that despite Ed's use of mathematical symbols, it would be wrong to characterize this album as formulaic and said that Ed has a way of conquering the world with divide. And it would be nice to see him ditch the equations and take a few chances. Yeah, I wonder what the reviewer means regarding that. Obviously, Ed has kept up with his mathematical equations and who knows a couple years down the road if he'll continue that with his fourth album. But 
I guess the author is just saying that he wants Ed to venture outside of the mathematical equations and maybe take some chances on some different type of music. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what the reviewer meant. The reviewer also wrote that Ed might have got a bit too good at the things that he's already very good at. So it seems like he wants Ed to take more risks, but I think Ed took some risks with this album. Ed mentioned that he had some arguments with his label about some of the songs that he wanted on this album that his label didn't want, which is certainly a risk. It's a risk that Taylor also had to take. Yeah, maybe they are just hoping for more collaborations and co-writes from him. Could be. Yeah, I think that they obviously agree with most people that the album is great, but that maybe for the next one, they're looking for something a little bit different. That's all. Well, the album Divide has 12 songs on the regular album, and on the deluxe album, it has an additional four for a total of 16. So I guess I'll just ask each of you, which is your favorite song, or do you have a couple of favorite songs? Wow, I have a couple. I couldn't just pick one. Yeah, I also can't pick one, but I think I can narrow it down to my top five, and that's about the most that I can do, and I think that would be Eraser, Castle on the Hill, New Man, What Do I Know, and Barcelona. For me... I have to, I think we all need to preface this with the album just came out on Friday and we've listened to it a few times. But for me, I feel like my thoughts and feelings change as I listen to an album more and more. So three weeks from now, I might completely disagree with what I'm saying at this moment. But I think my top five would be Castle on the Hill, Perfect, Galway Girl, What Do I Know? and Barcelona. How about you, Adam? Yeah, like you guys, it's very hard to narrow down a top three or a top five. But I'll start out by talking about Eraser. I love that song. I think it is so great. And for any of the listeners and you guys too, did you get the chance to check out the video that Ed linked the other day of a live performance in in a studio of Eraser, and it's an extended version. It's on the SBTV Music YouTube page, and it is amazing. Have you guys heard it? Yeah, and my thought from that was that every single tour of Ed, there's at least one song, sometimes multiple songs, that he makes a very, very, very long version of, and I'm pretty sure this will be one of them. I completely agree. This song reminds me of You Need Me, I Don't Need You, which was, like Ashley said, the really long song on his tour. So I can see something like that, and I think it would be brilliant. I think so, too. The album version is fantastic, of course, and I am I think it's three or four minutes long in that range. The extended version is about six minutes long, and if you guys haven't checked it out yet, go check it out. It is great. But my other favorites outside of Eraser are Castle on the Hill, Galway Girl, Barcelona, and I really like the song Nancy Mulligan, which is number 15 on the deluxe album. Yes, I really wanted to include that one on my list, but I ran out of space. 
that song is actually about Ed's grandparents. And so it's just a really nice ode to them. Talks about how they met, how they got married. And Ed's grandmother's name was Nancy Mulligan and his grandfather's name was William Sheeran. And it has a lot of Irish folksy music to it, which I think is great. It's one of the reasons why I love Galway Girl. Yeah, I definitely love the Irish influence. I guess that's what you would call that, right? I think so. And Ed actually, in an interview, talked about how he did have to fight with his label about having those kind of elements in his music. His label didn't want him to include Galway Girl, and he said no and fought them about it. Which, for me, reminded me of when Taylor's label didn't want her to have our song on her debut album. It was a song that she had written for her ninth grade music talent show, and she had to fight to make it a single. And it actually became Taylor's first number one song. I was also thinking of when they wanted to add some country elements to shake it off. Right, that too. Taylor's had to go to battle with her label multiple times. And here, Ed did the same thing. And I think he's completely right. I think if Galway Girl is a single, which I think it could be because he probably will want to prove his label wrong, I think it will be a big hit. And it's hard for me to picture what a performance of Galway Girl would look like. Yeah, that's a good point, especially if it's just Ed and his guitar. I feel like maybe he would have other people involved in that performance, but I don't know. And I think all three of us mentioned Barcelona as one of our favorites. How unique is that song? It's so different. It is so different. This whole album makes me want to just go on an international world trip. I just (laughs) need my passport and I need to go to Ireland and Spain, and then to Africa, because I also love number 14, which I might pronounce wrong, but the Bibia B-Yee-Yee song, which has a lot of African music elements to it. But I really hope that Barcelona is played on tour. I think it's such a great song. It definitely makes me feel like tropical vibes. And of course, it's about the city of Barcelona in Spain, But it makes me think of like a a Caribbean uh, beach resort type of song when you're out on the beach with a tropical drink. Yes, it makes me just want to go on vacation. Yes, absolutely. Really, it makes me want to figure out which date Ed's going to be in Barcelona and go see him perform there. That would be fun. But like we mentioned with some of those reviews that we talked about earlier, That type of song is just a perfect example of how versatile Ed is because this album has songs like Castle on the Hill, which is kind of like a U2 rock song. And then it has ballads like Supermarket Flowers that are strictly piano. And then you have a song like Barcelona. And they're so different, but they're all really, really good. Absolutely. With Supermarket Flowers, I remember when we saw the track listing, that was a song I was really intrigued by. And I guess I expected something more upbeat, just based on the title. But the song, like Adam said, is a piano-based song. And it's actually about the death of Ed's grandmother. So it's really quite depressing if you haven't heard it yet, just as a warning. It's a beautifully written song, but just very sad. And 
on Multiply, Ed had a song called Fire Love about his grandfather's death. So they're both very sad songs. And for me, it was just so depressing. I only listened to it once, but I do think it's very well done. And it's nice that he can pay tribute to his grandparents. And there is one more connection to Taylor that we wanted to mention. Uh, A mutual friend, of course, on 1989, Ryan Tedder was involved in writing a couple of the songs. And he was also involved in one song on this album, number seven, called Happier. Ed and Ryan Tedder were co-writers. Yes, and he said that they wrote about two dozen songs together and then ended up choosing this one which of course is always super frustrating as a fan knowing there are all these songs we don't get to hear it is yes and this happier song is great but also kind of depressing to me when i think of ryan tedder i mean he's so amazingly talented he can do anything but i always really am wanting those upbeat songs from him Right. I, when I heard about Ryan Tedder being involved, I thought it would be a more upbeat song. But interestingly, Ed actually said that he wrote hundreds of songs for this album, and many of the songs just got farmed out to other artists. For example, Love Yourself was a Justin Bieber song. Ed is featured vocally on it, uncredited. But in this one interview I was reading, he said he had written the song called Cold Water, And he completely forgot that he had actually written it. And he got a call one day saying, hey, we want to record your song Cold Water. And he had no idea what they were talking about because he didn't remember even writing it. So that gives you an idea of how much effort he actually put into having the perfect songs for this album. So for you, what songs do you envision as being singles on the radio? It's really hard. Well, I don't necessarily think that any of the deluxe songs will be, because I feel like that usually doesn't happen. Although with Taylor, it was an exception because was it New Romantics that was a deluxe song that became a single? Right, as well as ours. Okay, as well as ours. Um, But if I had to pick three that would go to radio as singles, in addition to Castle on the Hill and Shape of You, which are already out, I would have to say Eraser, Perfect, and Galway Girl. I think I would have to agree. Okay, I would go with Perfect, Galway Girl, and What Do I Know? I also think that New Man will be... Mainly because if you listen to the lyrics, like they're obviously about somebody and I feel like artists usually gain a lot of publicity by putting out songs that will generate all those articles, even though those articles are annoying. I feel like it's a song that would be on radio. That's a good point, because when you think about Don't, there were so many news articles about who is this song about and just a lot of speculation And when you listen to the lyrics of New Man, it does create a lot of people wondering, who is this song about? Some of the lyrics aren't very flattering to whoever this person could be. And it would generate a lot of publicity. And also, like Ashley said, some annoying articles. Because for all we know, it could just be a song that Ed wrote for fun with no one in mind. 
I could see Perfect definitely being a single. It has kind of a thinking out loud feel to it. And I think it's a great song. I think when Ed was talking about this song, he mentioned that he wants it to be a wedding song. So I think it will be a single. And for me, I mentioned What Do I Know? Because it's a really just positive song. And I could just see him putting it out there for people to have a positive message. On last week's episode, when we talked about album six, Nate mentioned that he could see Taylor releasing a song with, I think, a similar message to this, just a positive song. There's so many problems in the world right now, but the message of this song is just great, I think, and would unite people through song, which that's why we do a podcast about Taylor, because Taylor unites all of us through her music. And I think this song would be a great single. And I also think last week, Nate mentioned that he could see Taylor doing a song on album six, maybe reflecting the challenges of being a celebrity or even just reflecting her taking a break. And for me, Ed's songs Eraser and Castle on the Hill remind me of both of those ideas. I could see Taylor doing something similar. Well, we wanted to thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. And we want to start something new with this episode to get you guys involved so we can have an open discussion about our episodes and what we've been talking about. So we want to start something called our question of the week. And since we talked all about Ed's album Divide, we wanted to simply ask you, what is your favorite song on Divide? And why? Why do you like that song so much? So we would love to hear from all of you. And there are a lot of different ways you can contact us. You can reach us on Twitter at SwiftCast13, on Tumblr, SwiftCast13.tumblr.com, Instagram.com slash SwiftCast13, Facebook.com slash SwiftCast13. You can email us, SwiftCast13show at gmail.com. And you can also visit our website, SwiftCast13.com. So once again, we'd love to hear from you. What is your favorite song on Divide and why? And one final reminder for you, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes and it will download our latest episode for you automatically. Also, be sure to leave us a review and a five-star rating and that helps other fans find our show easier. So to wrap up this episode, we wanted to ask our hosts, what will Taylor do in the next week? Well, this has been tough because Taylor's been so out of the public eye, but I think that she'll reveal on Tumblr what song she was dancing to in the car when she was spotted driving in Nashville. And I'm going to guess Greenlight. I really hope she does. I'm dying to know. Yeah, I really, I just really want to know what song it was. Yeah, it'll probably be like a video like she posted when she was singing along to Backseat Freestyle by Kendrick Lamar, right? Yeah. I could definitely see that, and I hope that we get to see what song it was, too. But I think that finally she will be seen out and about walking on the street. It sounds like she's in Nashville, so maybe we'll be lucky enough to get some fan photos or some paparazzi photos of her in Nashville. I think that we will get an awesome throwback photo of some sort for Austin's upcoming birthday, whether on Instagram or Tumblr. I think we'll get one. 
I hope so. She usually does do something to mark his birthday. She either has a party or gives us some sort of old photo. That would be good. Thank you guys for listening to episode 190 of SwiftCast. This has been Adam. Ashley. And Steph. And we will see you next week. Bye, guys. Thanks, guys. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.